not Pastor Reverend's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We believe that it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And so as I step back, I ask for the Holy Spirit that's already here, for him to step up to minister your word to your people. I thank you in advance that signs, miracles, and wonders are going to follow our lives as a result of your word. And as we hear it, faith is going to come. And I declare in Jesus' name that every relationship in this room, and even those who are listening via podcast, that their relationship will never be the same. That it'll be better than it's ever been. That they'll move from good to great. And most of all, Father, their marriage will be a light to the world. That they can see the good works in that relationship and glorify you. In Jesus' name I pray. Let every believer say amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're in our fourth and final lesson of our Survivor Series. And and this is a series where we separate our church into two groups, our married group and our singles, and we minister directly to them. And last week, our topic was a difficult one, but it was on how to avoid adultery. Just look at your spouse and say, are you working on that? (laughs) Today's lesson is probably, I consider, the cornerstone to having a successful marriage. And so our topic today, if you're, if you're taking notes, is resolving conflict God's way. Say this with me. Say, resolving conflict God's way. And the goal of the lesson today is to provide you all and myself with biblical principles to effectively communicate that will help us have not only a better relationship, but a more harmonious relationship in a consistent way. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to find Psalm 133, Psalm 133, and uh, that's where we're going to start. And before we jump into the scripture, what is conflict? Conflict is to be in opposition. It's a state of disharmony, and it's also a state of discord. Everybody say opposition, disharmony, and discord. Now, here's the question. Where does conflict originate from? And most of us probably know, but the source of conflict comes from Satan. Amen. Now, here's the other thing. Because you and I come from different backgrounds and we have different beliefs and different values, conflict is almost inevitable. And if we don't manage it properly, the rough edges of conflict can harm our relationships. And so we need to take the time to talk things through, and here's what we're going to do today. Not only am I going to help you understand and see conflict in your relationship, and you're probably saying, Pastor, I had conflict on my way here. 
Well, the goal is to help us resolve conflict. So what is the purpose of resolving conflict? What is the purpose? It is to gain or maintain unity. Say this with me. Say gain or maintain unity. In other words, that's the perfect purpose of resolving conflict. It is to gain or maintain unity. And the reason the enemy tries to keep a couple in constant conflict is because unity always attracts blessing. I'm going to say this again. The only reason you and I need to press forward to resolve conflict, in other words, what I'm saying is to you is uh, the reason that you need to stay up and not go to sleep and resolve that issue is because the, the, as long as conflict is there, unity is not there. And when unity is not there, blessing is not there. In Psalm 133, if you're there, say, I'm there. In Psalm 133, it tells us the result of what unity produces. It says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. You can just put in there married couples because we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. As a matter of fact, you married God's daughter or you married God's son. So we are all brethren. And notice he says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. Notice he didn't stop there, but he says dwell together how? In unity, which says that you can live together but not be in unity. He says in verse 2, It, unity, is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of the garment. I want you to see your family as the skirt and the garment. In other words, if unity is at the top of your relationship, it has to filter down into the family members. He says in verse 3, As the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, he says, for there. Now notice he's talking about, it, it sounds like he's talking about a mountain, but what he's talking about is the place of unity. And so he says, for there, the place of unity, watch what the Lord will do. The Lord will do what? Come on, class. He will what? He commanded the what? Now, it didn't stop there. In other words, he's saying if you will stay in unity, there is a commanded blessing that, what will, that God will give. But notice what else he said will happen. He says, even life forevermore. As long as Adam and Eve stayed in unity with God, they were blessed and they had life. The moment they broke their unity with God, then the unity between themselves was broken. And watch this. And the life that they had while they were in unity with God became shortened. In other words, I'm saying being in unity as a, as a couple not only helps to have peace in the house. How many know you need to have some peace in the house? Not only does it help you to have peace in the house, but it produces life in your family. Amen. And as long as Adam and Eve did that, things were well. Amos 3.3, 3, you can just write it down. It says, can two people walk together except they are in agreement? So the end result of resolving conflict, watch this now, it should not be to see who's right. In other words, when you're working through a problem, how many have ever had a problem in your relationship? Let me see. Yeah, when, and if you haven't had your hand up, you must have got married last night.
The end result of resolving conflict is not to see who's right, but it's to maintain the place, watch this, where the commanded blessing is, and that's unity. So as you're working through issues, stop trying to see who's right about it and begin to look at what is it going to take for us to be in unity at the end. Now, go to, second, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, we're going to look at verse 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, look at verse 27. If you don't have a Bible, you can just look on the screen. Marriage comes, watch this now, with the potential of trouble built into it. This is why it's easier to shack. Shack, i.e., live together and not be married. The reason it's easier to do that is because as long as you live with someone who you're not married to, you're functioning in the relationship like the enemy would have you. But the moment you make a decision, watch this, to be in covenant God's way, then now the enemy that God has becomes yours. And marriage has trouble built into it. I have a, a cousin who uh, was with a girl that he was with in high school. They were together for like 17 or 18 years they were together. They weren't married. And they were together, had children together. Got married and stayed married less than 30 days. Amen. How do you do that? I don't know. 1 Corinthians 7, look at verse 27. He says, are you bound to a wife? Look at, your, look at your spouse and say, I'm bound to you. He says, seek not to be loosed. You know what that says? That says, if you seeking divorce, I'm talking to somebody right now. You're thinking about it. You say, Lord, is it your will? I, I, I'm tired of Junior. I'm tired of him. He says, if you are married, seek not to be loosed. That just means that divorce is not the option. Look at somebody else other than your spouse and say he's talking to you. Look at him, tell him. He's talking to you. <laughs> he says, are you loose from a wife? Seek not a wife. He says, but, but, and if you marry, you have not sinned. Thank God for that. And if a virgin marry... She has not sinned. Watch this now. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh. God is already warning us. The day you get married, problems are going to come. Now, the word trouble there means burdens, tribulation, and pressure. The NIV says that verse like this. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life. And I want to spare you this. The Living Bible says this. Marriage will bring extra problems. Look at your neighbor and say, we got extra problems. <laughs> if you have extra problems today, look, you have a biblical relationship. <laughs> your relationship, <laughs> it fits the Bible. <laughs> Marriage will bring extra problems that I wish you didn't have to face right now. Now watch this now. Where you have problems, there is potential for conflict. Do you agree with me on that? So how do we deal with conflict? Because it seems like it's inevitable when it comes to relationship. Well, guess what? The only way you and I are going to successfully deal with conflict is to deal with it God's way. Say God's way. 
So now, here's the first point that I want you to write down. If you're not taking notes, you can just listen to it later on in the week. And that is conflict, conflict affects us emotionally but must be resolved spiritually. I'm going to say that again. Conflict affects us emotionally. Say emotionally. But must be resolved spiritually. In other words, we can handle conflict either through our flesh or we can overcome it with our spirit. And we can handle... Listen, if you handle conflict God's way, it'll keep you from having issues later on. And most of us, when, if we weren't trained properly by our parents or if we didn't go through premarital counseling or if we didn't study marriage before we got married, a lot of times we deal with conflict through the flesh. So let me just list some ways of the flesh. So when you are doing these things, you can realize I am not resolving conflict in a spiritual way. When you resolve conflict through your flesh, you do stuff like yell. And just look at your spouse and say, he's talking to you right now. You throw things. You cuss. Got real quiet on that one, didn't <laughs> How many cussing? No, don't, don't, don't raise your hands. Don't raise your hands. Don't do it. You cuss. Watch this now. You shut down with silent treatment. Some of you separate yourselves. You do that by leaving the house. You say, Pastor, I need to calm down. Okay, that's fine, but at least let them know when you're coming back. <laughs> Some of us, we separate ourselves by leaving. Some of us separate ourselves by sleeping in the guest room. Well, it got real quiet in here again, didn't it? Now, just look at another couple and say, I didn't know you did that. <laughs> The only way we're going to deal with conflict successfully is God's way. So here's the second way we're going to have to do it. If we choose God's way, we must choose to obey. I'm going to say that again. If we choose God's way, we choose to obey. Go to Luke chapter 6. Luke 6, Luke 6, and we're going to look at verse 46. To resolve conflict God's way, we must handle it in a spiritual way. See, we have been made spirit, soul, and body. And we have opportunity to react or respond in all three of those realms. And based on how you respond in what realm will determine, watch this, the results you get back. Have you ever smiled at somebody and they smile back? Yeah. You know, that's just the law of response. Well, how many know if you swing at somebody, you're probably going to get swung at? If we choose God's way, we choose to obey. Luke 6, 46. Watch this. I love this. Jesus says, in, out of the King James, he says, Why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? He said, Whosoever comes to me and hears my saying and does them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and dug deep and laid the foundations on the rock. And when the flood arose, notice floods have come, and when the stream beat vehemently upon the house and could not shake it, why? Because it was founded upon a rock. But he that hears his sayings and don't do them is like a man without a foundation built a house upon the earth. And the streams did beat vehemently, the same stream, 
and it immediately fell, and the ruin of the house was great. Now, the message translation says this. Why are you so polite with me, always saying, yes, sir, and that's right, sir, but never doing a thing I tell you? Resolving conflict begins with the principle, watch this now, that God is always right. Everybody say, God is always right. Therefore, watch this now, it's the new me. It's the, you, the new me and you that's in Christ Jesus that we must allow to help us resolve the conflict. In other words, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. So if you and I are going to resolve conflict God's way, watch this, we have to do it through the new man. Now, you have a new man and you have an old man. Now, the old man is supposed to be dead. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but it's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God. In other words, he's saying, there's a dead me and there's a live me. But do you know you can wake up that old me? You can wake him up. And, uh, and, and the enemy knows where your weaknesses are. He knows every button that can be pushed in your life to make you react in your flesh. I was standing in line. I can't remember where I was. And this was recently. Uh, I was standing in line. And it was a long line. And uh, this guy was in a hurry. Which who's not? And uh, he decided that he wanted to step in front of me. Now, that's a weakness of mine. But you all would have been very proud of me because I looked at him and said, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. He politely just... I'm glad he obeyed the word. <laughs> now, I'm going to give you some steps to help you resolve conflict. And the first thing you got to know about resolving conflict is you got to know you. Everybody say, you must know you. Now, there are four, five different characters that I'm going to list. And these characters are animals, but I just kind of want you to find who you are. All right? So this is regarding, these are conflict characters. So here's the first character, is a lion. And this person is always rowing. Roar! These are people that yell a lot. Y'all know what I'm saying? Yeah. He said, yeah. Here's number two. Are you an ostrich? Do you just stick your head in the sand and act like nothing's wrong? Here's number three. Are you a turtle when it comes to conflict? Are you slow about fixing things? This problem been going on for three weeks. Y'all haven't spoken to each other in a month. Or are you a monkey? Do you always jump around telling everybody your problems? Do you jump from one issue to the next issue without even solving the issue that you're in? Just look at somebody else and say, you look like a monkey. <laughs> don't do that don't do that 
I'm just playing. I'm just playing. So you got to know yourself. Everybody say know yourself. Now, did you find yourself in one of those animals? How many found yourself in one of those animals? That's all? Okay, do I need to make up an animal for y'all? Let me think. Let me think of an animal. Uh, what animal lies? Which one is that? <laughs> okay, can you throw that, that, uh, that triangle up for me back there? I don't know if uh, they could get it on the screen. But the second thing, after you know yourself, then you must have a personal relationship with God and you must make a commitment to grow. Now, there's a triangle that I have up there, and I don't know if they have it, but I want you to draw a tri triangle. If you have a pen and a paper, I want you to draw a triangle on your piece of paper. Because most people fail to continue to grow. They get saved and that's it. They get married and that's it. But how many know you have to continue to grow in your relationship? Now, where there's a triangle, I want you to put God at the top, and I want you to put you on one side of the triangle at the bottom, and I want you to put your spouse. Now, if you'll notice that if each one of you grow closer to God, you grow closer to each other. And that's what happens. A lot of people, they have a lot of conflict because they're spiritually, watch this now, out of order with God. I'm going to tell you something. You have to be spiritual to have a good relationship. Because being spiritual allows you to overlook stuff. You got to look at the person's heart sometimes. You say, well, Pastor, their heart is dark. <laughs> you know, the scripture says, you know, if you, if you see some, a little toothpick in your neighbor's eye, chances are you might have a telephone pole in yours. <laughs> that was my version. But, but I want you, I mean, some things you just got to overlook. You know, the other day I went to Chili's, and I like to get their chocolate molten. How many know about the chocolate molten? Ooh. And, and because my family tends to like to eat what I eat, I like to buy extra so we won't have no problems. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a problem sharing. I'm just going, I just want to share the extra that I bought. So, you know, I, I, the, the chocolate molten is enough. I don't have to get two of those. But typically what I will do is get two ice creams. One is going to be for Landon because he's going to want some of mine and I don't want to share mine. He's going to want some of mine or somebody is going to want some. So I bought two ice creams that day and I put them both in the freezer. And I'm one of those people that I may wake up at 1 o'clock in the morning and eat. That's just me. I snacked kind of all day kind of thing. And so, uh, you know, I got up, and it was about 1 o'clock. I went to, I saw the chocolate molten on the counter. I opened it up, and it looked like a rat had chewed on it. I mean, they could have just sliced it in half and took it. No, it was just all beat up, but that's fine. The majority of it was still there, praise the Lord. I opened the freezer. I closed the freezer door. Why is there two empty containers of ice cream with spoons still in them on the table? They didn't just eat one. They ate both of my ice creams. It was too late. I couldn't talk to nobody. Everybody's asleep. So I had to cast that care up on the Lord. Lord, in Jesus' name. 
Why did they eat my ice cream? I bought two of them. All they had to do was just take one of them, Lord. I don't know what. And so I woke, and so the next day I saw my wife, you know. You know, I didn't jump right on her. I let about half the day go by. Let half the day go by. Let some of that steam out. I said, babe, uh, would you happen to know who ate my ice cream? Oh, I gave it to Landon and Cyan. I said, well, why would you give them my ice cream? I had two. She says, oh, I thought it was old. I said, then why would you give them old ice cream then? <laughs> I forgave her in Jesus' name. In order for us to resolve conflict, we have to do it spiritually. Say spiritually. And when you don't resolve it spiritually, then you deal with it not only in the flesh, but you deal with it as a child. Watch this, 1 Corinthians 13, 11, this is what Paul said. He says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. In other words, speaking like a child means you don't know what's appropriate to say and what not to say. And this is why you can be in a relationship and everybody's throwing punches at each other because y'all children. Amen. And boy, I hear this one all the time. Well, I have a right to feel how I feel. Well, you may have a right to feel that way, but it doesn't mean you have the right to say it. Can I get an amen? amen. See, here's what I've discovered. Ask me what I've discovered. Oh, man, I've discovered I'm out of time. <laughs> I've discovered that most people, they say what they feel because they do it so they can throw a punch at the person. That's all they're doing. Well, I just want them to know how I feel. I just want them to feel what I'm saying. Well, yeah, but, but you can do that without throwing a punch. Amen. Okay, uh, I'm out of time. So uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to read this and fast forward. Are you all ready? The third thing you're going to do to resolve conflict. Boom, I'm done. Y'all give me two more minutes. Y'all give me two more minutes. Okay. The way to resolve conflict God's way is you got to treat the other person with respect. It's challenging to show respect, I know, when there's conflict, but you have to try. You have to focus. And see, people say, well, I'm not going to give respect until I get respect. Well, no, 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 that's not how respect works. Jesus said, you, you watch this, whatever you sow is what you're going to reap. And see, words of disrespect, they block communications and they create wounds sometimes that may not ever heal. Listen, you don't want to take back words that you never should have said. Amen. The second thing is that you're going to make a personal commitment to change. Don't just, you know, one of the most irritating things in a relationship, and I find this as I counsel couples, is there's one person who's being offended a lot, and then the other person is the one that's doing the offense, and the way they're doing the offense is they, they're, they're saying they're sorry, but they're doing the same thing over and over. It's okay to say you're sorry, but you have to move beyond that and, and ask yourself, well, when am I going to change? Amen. 
I'm so sorry for leaving my drawers on the floor. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That's a problem now. Come on, I used to leave my socks on the floor. My wife was just, she just did not like my socks being on the floor. It ain't like I was asking her to pick them up. Everybody said, you got to change. Then you have to confront the problem. You got to find some time and place, you know, find the right time in the right place. In other words, don't, don't resolve conflict over the phone. Don't do it while you're at work. Because you really don't have the time and the place to do it anyway. You in your cubicle. I told you, you shouldn't have done that last night. No, no, hold on. <laughs> Come on, somebody did that this week. You want to explore alternative solutions. In other words, take turns trying to figure out how can we resolve this. And you have to be non-judgmental when somebody offers Listen, when somebody offers a way to fix it, don't say, well, that was dumb. No, don't do that. Amen. You got to reach an agreement. And here's the bottom line with resolving a problem. Reach an agreement together. Reach an agreement. If you don't reach an agreement, then guess what? That problem is going to come back up in your next problem. You can't sweep conflict under the rug and think it's going to go away. So you got to resolve the problem. And then here's the last one. If you cannot resolve the problem, you need to reach out and get some help. Get some counseling. We have free counseling. Say free counseling. We have free counseling here. Here's my saying. If you're having a bout and you can't resolve it and it's been, you know, you've discussed it two or three times, then you need a spiritual referee. Find your true group leader. Amen. Somebody who can help you through the situation. My wife and I, we already know the order of service. If we can't get through it, then we have friends on the lateral level. But then if it can't get through the level of, on the lateral level, we have to go up to the top, to the bishop. And uh, here's the only rule when you reach out for help. Whatever they say, they're right. So we're going to renew our vows. Stand up this morning. We're going to renew our vows quickly. We're going to renew our vows. We're going to renew our vows this morning. And uh, men, we're going to go first. Now, if your spouse is not here, that's fine. Just say the words. If they're not here, just say the words. Uh, but if you're married, face each other. All right? You should be used to each other's breath by now. <laughs> All right. Now, men, we're going to go first, and I just want you to repeat after me. Say, I declare before God and all of these witnesses that I will strive every day to love you as Christ loves the church and gave himself for it. By an act of my will and with God's help, I let go. I release, I forgive any wrong done you have done towards me. I will forget those things which are behind and will strive to be the man of God, the leader, husband, and father God has designed me to be. Forgive me for any past hurts 
any negative words or bad deeds I've shown towards you. I choose today to start over and let the past be the past. With God's help, I will always support you, provide for you, and treat you as the weaker vessel, which means to handle you sensitive, gentle, and in a delicate way. I promise to be faithful, loyal, and committed to God first, and then to you, and to that I make my pledge. All right, ladies, I need you to say this after me. Say, I declare before God and all of these witnesses that I will strive every day to love you, respect you, and honor you. By an act of my will and with God's help, I let go, I release, and forgive any wrong done that you have done towards me. I will forget those things which are behind and I will strive to become the woman that God has made me a good help me wife and mother God has designed me to be forgive me for any past hurts any negative words or bad deeds I've shown towards you I choose today to start over and to let the past be the past with God's help I will always support you and be submitted to you as you are to Christ I promise to be faithful loyal and committed to God first and then to you and to that I make my pledge you may kiss your bride Come on, give the Lord a hand clap just right there. Can you do that? Every head bow. In fact, be seated for just a minute. Be seated for just a minute. Everybody still. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, here's my question. With every head bow and every eye closed.